Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Good morning, good morning, good morning. So we're doing a new series called Don't Do Life Alone. We began last week, Don't Do Life Alone, right? So I want to call a few people up to just help me out. I'm going to just ask them a few questions about being in a small group. Ariana, would you join me? Adrian, quick second. Come on up. Stand next to me and face the crowd if you would. And Carmen, are you in a small group? Come on up, Mia. Just ask you a few questions. Um, so it seems to me like small groups came about at a very, very important time in your life like they did in mine. So I'm not going to hand you all the mic because they'll start wrecking the mic and then we're not even going to get into the. So I'm going to hold the mic as I interview you because we've got some speakers up here. But um, tell me what's something about small groups that has really moved you and changed you and, and just something that stands out to you. Um, I think the first thing is probably accountability. So I started going to small groups when I was, I think I was 13. Yeah, with Elaine, with your sister. And so um, obviously when you're a teenager, like that just changes your life, especially depending on what your home life is like. So I think accountability is the best, the best thing. And even when you're a teenager, because things are tough, like I can't imagine being a teenager now. Like you're talking about 20 years ago. I'm 33. I just turned 33. Yeah. But I Happy think, birthday. thank you. Um, but yeah, I think that's the biggest part. When you actually were talking about this particular subject, I was like, oh wow, like I can look back in my life and it's always been connection. That's saved me from doing things that I shouldn't have been doing or has led me, you know, God has opened doors and just different areas in my life. I feel like connection is always the most important thing. Yeah, that's powerful. I'm going to go to Adrian, then I'm going to go to Carmen. Y'all stay step here with me. Adrian, you came back to the Lord in uh, September 2020, I believe it was, and you immediately started coming to my small group. What, what stands out to you about small groups? In this series, we're talking about don't do life alone, so we're focusing on Sundays and Wednesdays, but also small groups, which you may call a cell group. We call them connect groups. What's been important to you about connect groups? I don't take the words right out of my mouth. I think accountability is huge, especially as a man. There's certain things that don't get talked about or... You know, like you, you hit it earlier about, you know, men deal with this on a daily. You know, it's perversion and pornography. That stuff is, is tough, you know, and it's every every young man. You know, I remember being their age sitting in the back. You know, I joined your cell group back when I was, sheesh, probably 15, 16 years old. And it changed my life in a lot of ways because as a man, you know, there's certain things you can go to your parents about, but it ain't, it's not the same in, in a way. And God opens that door to be able to to be able to communicate and funnel that with your parents through being accountable to someone that's in a cell group. In a and you're not only accountable to the, the one heading up the small group, you're accountable to each other. And folks don't realize that even though I'm pastor and I head up a cell group, I'm accountable to my team members as well. That's very powerful. And, and I want to say this, and just some hints. Well, I got a class coming up. We're going to call it the Freedom Workshop. We're going to announce it more effectively and, and fully next week. But he, he mentioned pornography. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around it, but not just men struggle with it now. Boys and girls, men and women, they're exposed to it at a, at a young age. Some of it wasn't their fault. I, w I, had, I had people bring that junk to me several times as a kid right around the time I was briefly sexually abused, and it changed my life and not for the better. 
And so God had to deliver me from pornography. You say, what? You? Yes. And I'm completely free. I don't mess with that stuff, but I don't flirt with it either. I don't go back and mess with it. Scripture says, flee youthful lusts. I don't mess with that stuff. I'm completely free as God is my witness and my wife is my witness. I'm free and I'm pure. But I'm going to tell you right now, don't let shame and guilt destroy you. And small groups help with a lot of this stuff, talking to each other. I'm going to tell you right now, this is not to freak you out. I'll bring it up again next week. Not everybody in here, but a large percentage of people in this room and those listening are struggling with pornography right now based on the statistics. And that comes from a place of humility and love. That's not me going, you, you. No, God delivered me. And I'm telling you right now, I'm sorry, I wasn't planning on this. I'm going to get to you, Carmen. But I mentioned this last week. I could hear that demon telling me, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to take you to hell. I'm going to kill you, make your life miserable. I'm going to wreck. Man, he told me I'm going to end up wrecking your marriage. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to destroy you. Your relationships are going to be messed up. Keep hiding, and I'm going to keep calling to you. You know, because people don't realize it, but pornography, once there is an addiction there, it does things to your brain that makes meth and heroin jealous. I'm telling you. I haven't done everything right in life, but I will tell you this. I've made some decisions, and I've had people around me with accountability and help to bring freedom and people I had to talk to, and it wasn't easy. But you know what? We're going to jerk the lid off that shame with that class, and I'll talk more about it next week, and we're going to have a discreet way to sign up. I wasn't even going to bring that up this week because you're, I'm not going to have you announce it in front of everybody. You're going to show up to the class. I'm telling you, I'm going to lead it. It's going to be six weeks, and God is going to free you once and for all. Once and for all. So small groups, Carmen, what have they done for you? What, what has stood out to you? Um, accountability and also because as you start to come to church, you sometimes feel distant because you don't sometimes know some of the stuff that you're talking about. So it helps when you're placed with somebody who you can always be able to connect with and reach out to. Like Adrian, she's my, she's my go-to person. And anytime I have any questions about anything or if I'm feeling you know, if I'm feeling discouraged or I'm feeling down or I'm feeling whatever, I can always reach out to her and she's always there to help me. Also, you connect with the other girls and stuff because, like, here we come to church and we're just here for an hour and then we go. And then you don't get to say hello or good morning to everybody or you don't get to encounter with everybody. As you get into small groups, you're, you connect more with the either the men or the women, whichever one you're in, and then you start to feel more comfortable. So when you come to church and you you see somebody and you're like, hey, sister. So you, it just gets better, you know, and, and it's changed my life. Well so well Let's give the Lord a clap offering for these three amazing <laughs> folks. Thank you. Thank you so much. See if we ask a few more people next week. But we don't want you to do life alone. Someone say that. Say, I don't have to do life alone. You don't. And when we're struggling sometimes, we tend to alienate ourselves, don't we? We disconnect, we run away out of fear and shame. Men and women do it. You say, oh, just women do it. Oh, no, just men do it. No, humans do it. We tend to isolate ourselves. The problem is with you breaking off from the main body of the army is the enemy can get a hold of you and mess you up when you're all by yourself. So let's get back to some verses that we did last week. Let's do Ecclesiastes 4.9. We'll read down, read down through verse 12. And remember, we're called to serve God together and help each other. It's that simple. You're called to serve God together, serve each other, and help each other. So let's read some of this. Two people are better off than one, 
where they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, right? But how? Wait, did we skip one? But how can one be warm alone? All right, keep going. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. The thicker the rope, the harder it is to tear, right? Somebody may be able to whip me, but they can't whip all of us, right? Remember I, I brought up that saying last week, the, the Mexicano saying? No somos, no somos machos, pero somos muchos. We may, may not be real manly and tough, but there's a bunch of us. You can't whip all of us, right? So you got to remember that. you got to stick close to people. you got to stick close. Sunday mornings are great. That's why we have them. That's why you're here this morning. You're like, I wouldn't have come otherwise. I, I first came on a Sunday morning. Great. Others say, I wouldn't have set foot in church first. I went to a Bible study first. I went to a connect group or I went to Wednesday night. That's fine. However you connect, that's not important. What's important is that you connect. All right? You're not called to do life alone. The enemy tries to lie to us and says many times, what you're going through and the sin you've struggled with or the abuse that's happened to you or whatever it is, that's just you. Nobody around you has gone through that. But you'd be surprised. You start opening up in a small group and people start nodding their heads going, man, I'm going through the same thing or I've been through something similar. And it may not be exact, but let me tell you right now, you don't have to do life alone. People have been through stuff as well. And there's folks who've been through worse stuff than you. That always blows me away. Man, People have been through some stuff, and it's amazing what they've been through, and they've survived, and God has brought them here. So let's talk about not doing life alone today. Let's go to Psalm 142.4. I'm going to talk to you about this verse in two versions. I'm going to read it in New Living Translation, and then I'm going to read it to you in the New King James. And look at what it says here. It says, I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. The song, you ever felt that way? Some of, you, some of your kids still tell you that. They get in trouble and say, nobody loves me, right? But there's actually adults, people of all ages, that get, in, get into life and go, man, no, it seems like nobody cares. Nobody's asking about me. Nobody's checking on me. Let's do the same thing in New King James Version. Psalm 142.4, look at this. Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. They don't even say hi to me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. Wow, no one cares for my soul. You know the simple questions? Over the years, I've had those in Bible study that would check on me and always touch my heart. I remember Johnny over the years, he would always touch my heart because he'd say, you know, because I'm always checking on everybody. I'm a pastor and I'm a small group leader and I'm doing this and I'm teaching classes and I'm leading and and Johnny would always go, well, he'd put his hand on my shoulder and go, how are you doing? But how are you doing? Are you okay? You seem like you're going through something. I remember when my mom was going through cancer, there were several of you, including the Enojos family. Many others said, well, how are you doing? And it touched my heart. It said, did they fix everything in that moment? No, but everybody wants to be cared about. Now let me spin it around. You, as a human and as a believer, as a man or woman, you get to care about somebody else. That's what we do in small groups. And not doing life alone, you get to get out of your selfish box, right? Because we get there, we get stuck. You ever gone through something and all you can think about is you? All of us, right? I've been through some battles recently and I, it makes us 
It makes us focus inward. And that's okay. You, you need to take care of some business in your life. You're going through some drama. You're going through some hurt and heartache. We can't ignore that. That's fine. But at some point, you start to get t- connected to other people. And yes, your needs will be taken care of. You'll be cared about. But then you start to care about people. And you ask the question, well, how are you doing? I believe it was the Wesleys in, e- in England years ago. And revival was breaking out over there. I believe it were the Wesleys from England. Who was it? I believe it was. And they had small groups. And they would, they would meet. And they would meet in homes and they would just ask a simple question, what's been a struggle for you? And how has God delivered you from it? Or how has God blessed you in other ways? And you can have a whole small group based on that, of what's been a struggle for you. What have you been going through? You're caring. What have you overcome? I like what we do now in the connect groups. And most of our connect groups, we admit this, are mostly women. I believe our men's groups are going to grow as well. But we have mostly women connect groups right now. But in our connect groups many times, especially among the women's groups, they bring up this sermon that we're talking about right now. This, what we're discussing right now, they elaborated on it in their small group. It makes it easy for the leader. They take notes. They listen during, on a Sunday service. or They check it out on the live stream if they weren't able to make it. And they bring this message up to each other and they talk about it. They elaborate on stuff that I didn't get into. You can just read through the verses and have a whole small group. A Bible study that way. You say, well, what else can we do? Man, you know the big thing that Jesus did? Jesus taught and prayed for people. He taught and prayed for people. I was talking to Dad about that this morning. Jesus taught and he preached and he prayed for people over and over and over again. And people began to get faith and they felt cared for. You know, people... They're not real interested in how much you know, usually, but they're very interested. Someone wiser than me said this years ago, they're very interested in how much you care. Because you can talk to them about the word, and you should. Man, you should share the word, be unashamed. But at some point, people go, I just need to know that you care about, do you care about me? Am I, am I more than just a number? You know, because with the government, you file your taxes, you are a social security number, right? Years ago, AOL, AOL and other online personalities and online companies and entities they figured out wow people shouldn't just be a number so do you remember years ago with email they started having you create unique emails well AOL I believe was one of the founders of that said come up with your email name and that's you you're individual you're a person you're not just a number there were other search engines I mean there were other um, email companies and there were other companies that you were just a number and you go to chat and you were like four five six eight nine ten you know whatever well, my email, and it's over 20 years now, it's, it's been, yeah, over 20 years now, my email is matthewsenna at AOL.com. I have a Gmail of the same name. It's my name. That's who I am. I'm glad I got it before any other Matthew Senna's out there. There's a few. But it made me feel like a unique individual to be able to use a name that I'd come up with. It happened to be my name. You're more than just a number. Even even in a restaurant, you have people get your name. There are those that do number systems at restaurants and others do names. Have you noticed that? Matthew, Matthew, and you're like, oh, man, everybody knows my name. Okay, I got a a double coffee, double shot, triple, quadruple, whatever it is you get, pizza, whatever you ordered. But 
you're an individual. You're ca- you feel a little bit cared about and notice when someone uses your name. We brought this up last week. Someone uses my name, it touches my heart. They remember my name. I did get Mark's name right this morning. Mark, I will never mess that up again. Names are important. Names are important. It's good to be remembered. It's good to show people you care. Let's go to Galatians 6.10. Look at this. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. You know, the beauty of small groups is, is people get pastored more effectively. Let's just throw a guess out there. We're, we're a church that averages about 85 people in, in this service. You add children's church, we're over 100 a week, every week, every week, every week, all right? But I don't know what's going on in everybody's life unless someone tells me. I can't even, I don't have the capacity to individually pastor on a personal basis everybody that comes to this church all the time. I don't. I I deal with people. I speak to them. I love them. I get to know them. But the most effective way to help people and to care about them is in a smaller group setting. Does that make sense? Jesus had the multitudes. Then he had the 70 that he sent out, right? They were become, and then he had the disciples. There's 12 of them. And then of the disciples, he had an inner circle with Peter, James, and John. And many times our lives are that way. It's in levels. Man, there's the crowds, and then there's the less of the crowd. It's your family reunion, right? There's probably 70 of them. I don't know, depending on how big your family is. And then there, there's your small group, and then there's those people you're even closer to. But everybody wants to belong and wants to be cared about. Let's go to Philippians 2.4. This is so important. You're not only cared about, you learn to care about people. I love this verse. I remember this verse in ACE. I think it was in the King James Version. I remember helping the kids and scoring their, their little ACE booklets. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Don't just look out for your own interests. Be interested in people. It always I'm telling you, it blows me away when people ask me how I'm doing because I don't always get that. And maybe it's been a while for you, but I'm interested in your life. Others are interested in your life. God is interested in your life, and he's given us his gift of caring and compassion like Jesus did. Scripture says Jesus was moved with compassion for the multitude. He cared. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Now let's go to 2 Timothy 2.15. This version says, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. King James says, study to show yourself approved. Study. So right here it says work hard, and and it's going somewhere. Be a good worker for the kingdom of God, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly what? Explains the word of truth. you got to study to learn the word, don't you? I think one of the big things in church nowadays is us to get people to read their Bibles. But man, for me to explain to people is, yeah, you've heard King James Version, Shakespeare language from 1611. I believe it was revised in the 1800s, but that's still old school, that King James Version. I tell people all the time, you need a Bible you can understand. I teach out of a Bible that people can understand. And that's very important. So in small group, we learn. Somebody say learn. Mm -hmm. You care for each other and you learn together. You learn with each other. We study. We ask questions. Man, we've had some hard questions in small group before. We search the scriptures together. 
We talk about the word. Right now, my small group, <clears throat> we're taking a little break. I'm focusing on some different things, but in my small group, the last couple months we've been in Proverbs, we haven't got, gotten very far, but sometimes it, 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 verse by verse, you know how we do it on Wednesday nights, I do, I do that often in small group, and we're in Proverbs for wisdom, but man, we discuss verses, we dwell on them, there's no rush, if we get through five verses, great, if we don't, great. Many times we, we refer back to the Sunday sermon, we talk about stuff, we talk about the word that we're learning. How many of you know it's important for you to be able to ask someone your questions about the word, because you're not going to get it all. I have someone who asks questions about the word. First small group I was ever in was my dad's, and it was powerful. It was life-changing. And I learned so much in small group with dad and other men. So much. You study, you ask questions, you search. Search the scripture. Let's go to Philippians 4.9. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, the apostle says here. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Let's see that again. That first part of the verse. We'll just hang out there for a moment. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. In my small group, I get to be an example. I get to hold them accountable. They get to hold me accountable. But I also get to help people put into practice what we're teaching, what we're talking about in church on Sunday. Part of caring and learning is being able to check on each other in a small setting when not everybody else is around. How many in here are extroverts? You're absolutely outgoing. You recharge around people. Raise your hand. You're an extrovert. Okay. Okay. How many introverts do we have? Raise your hand. All right. Introverts are beautiful. They're, they're, our, they're my opposite. I love introverts. Beautiful. My wife is a mix, but she's more of an introvert. I think she's a what they call a mild extrovert, but I'm naturally an extrovert. And how many of you know that small groups allow people to wake up spiritually and talk and allow them, allow them to wake up emotionally and speak to people? And the bigger the group gets, the less people talk, right? There are those of you in here that will respond on a Sunday morning if I ask questions or whatever. On a Wednesday night, it's smaller. But man, especially in a small group, you can really get people to talk more, even the quiet, shy reserved, introverted folks, all right? And we need you. We need the extroverts. We need the introverts. We need each other. And this here says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. I mean, how do you get to know people unless you're in a smaller group setting? Carmen said it well this, this morning. We see each other here. Some of us have known each other for years, but it's because we talked one-on-one -on -one or we were in a small group together, all right? So if you're not in a small group, I encourage you to get into one. Men, if you're interested in getting into a small group, talk to me about that. Ladies, man, we have a number of small groups here for you. You can talk to us after the service as well about that. We would love to get you connected. All right? And Pastor John does small groups in the youth as well. Isn't that accurate in 512? You guys have small groups. So let's keep going. So we learn to care. We're cared for and we care for others. We learn, right? We learn about each other, but we learn Scripture together. And then as we learn, we end up growing together. Someone say grow. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay the same. I want to improve. I want to improve every week. I want to improve every day. I want to improve every month, every year. I want to do better. Hey, we have battles. Some of you are going through battles right now. You feel like sometimes when you go through a battle with depression and heaviness, you feel low self-esteem. 
Let me speak to somebody right now. Let me speak to that in Jesus' name. I've been through that. You are valuable. You've accepted Jesus, so you are the righteousness of God. You're right with him. And as you are right with him and living right with him, you are now the holiness of God. You are set apart. You're special. You don't have to stay depressed. You can share that with someone. Let me tell you right now, you are valuable. Don't get stuck somewhere. Don't let depression and fear and anxiety lie to you. Because those demons, when they are demons, sometimes you say, man, it's a brain thing or it's a food thing or there's physical things. But spirits, demons love to attack open doors, areas where you're weak and vulnerable in. You are valuable to God. And because you're valuable to God, you're valuable to me and you're valuable to other people in this ministry. And let me say this to someone. I believe God did something when we prayed this morning, and I believe there are people in here who have struggled with depression, and it's lifting today in Jesus' name. It's lifting today. It's lifting today. You say, man, how do I keep it off? Begin to praise God. Say, I don't know how to praise Him. Walk around and say thank you all day if you need to. Say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the situation. Thank you for using this to wake me up. Thank you for allowing this. Thank you for bringing me through this. Thank you for letting my heart still beat after all these years. Thank you for bringing me through that wreck. Thank you for bringing me through addiction, and I survived, and I'm clean now. Thank you, Lord, because you brought me to this church. Just praise Him all day long. Stay in praise and worship. When you go through a season of trials and tribulation, I know, I know, we've, we've been there. You've been there. Many times you feel depressed. I believe scripturally there are great men and women of God who were depressed, but they didn't stay there. You can tell by how they wrote. King David suffered through some of that. There were other men and women of God who struggled through some of that, but they did not stay there, and you don't have to stay there. And you can grow past it. Someone say grow. You can grow past it and grow beyond it. You do not have to be stuck there, dear brother and sister. You do not have to stay there. Let's go to Ephesians 4.14. Ephesians 4.14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. You know that's always going on. Oh, it's something new. It's something new. Let's go back to the Bible, all right? You may hear something. It's a revelation from the Word. It's new to you, but this is all here. It's already been pre-planned. You won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be what? Influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. That's going on right now. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing. Someone say growing. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. Mm. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, like puzzle pieces, joints and sinews and bones and skin. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. That's what you do in a small group. We grow together. You help each other grow so that the whole body is what? Here's a word again. Healthy and growing and full of love. Healthy and growing and full of love. Is that what you want to be? Is that what you want to do? That's me. I want to be healthy, growing, and full of love, always. Now let's go on to Colossians 2.6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. We help each other with that in small groups and, and, and not doing life alone in connect groups. Keep going. Let your roots grow, grow. Someone say grow. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will what? Overflow 
with thankfulness. Let's read that verse again. I like that. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will what? Overflow with thankfulness. So you're called to grow and not stay the same. We know it's abnormal for a child. He would take them to the hospital or to the doctor, the pediatrician, if the child is not growing. There's an abnormality. Maybe they're undernourished. Maybe there's something else going on genetically. We don't know. But we find that abnormal. In the same way, your spiritual walk could, should always be taking you to new paths and places of growth, people of God. Growth. Always, okay? I believe that. So, in brief review before we pray, don't do life alone. You learn to care about each other in a small group. You learn to care for each other. The closer you get to someone, you get to care. You get to shoulder their burdens and their problems with them. We care. Someone say care. We learn together. Someone say learn. And we grow. And this is for all of our classes. This is for all of our classes in the Surge Discipleship Program, Leadership Program. It's a, it's a program where you learn excellence in life and serving God. Pastor teaches that in the, these classes, spiritual warfare and faith. And it's all about caring and learning and growing and walking in God's word and growing up into something powerful in God. Can I hear an amen this morning? Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes with me if you would. This is so important. Is there anyone at the sound of my voice who has never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of their life? If that is you today, no pressure. It's between you and God. But you say, man, I don't, if I died, I don't know where I'd go. I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity. And brothers and sisters, let me just say this. Eternity is a big deal. That should be one of our life's main concerns. Not only victory and success and peace in this life and a relationship with God here, but where are we going when this life is over? If you say, I don't know, man, I'm, I, I have not made peace with God. I'm at odds with God. I've not, not been living right. I need to accept the Lord. If that is you today, raise your hand, and I'm going to pray with you. If you need to accept Jesus, you've never done it before, and I do it in public because we believe that that's scriptural. We publicly confess the name of Jesus. Is there anyone in here who's never accepted Jesus or made him their Lord? All right. seems that everybody in this room has. I want you to pray this prayer with me anyway for those listening and watching online today. Need to make sure of everybody's hearts that they're right with God. Go ahead and repeat this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word. And I believe that apart from you, I'm a sinner. I need you, Lord. Save me. Save me from myself and from sin and from hell. Say, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Jesus. Be the Lord of my life. Say, I believe. And say, I believe that you died and rose again. Come into my heart. Stay with me. I know you'll never leave me. And I believe. Thank you for saving me, Lord. In Jesus' name.